Welcome to the Approachable Equestrian Podcast, a place where we dive deep into all things mindset, motivation, and stories that inspire. I am your host, Rihanna Burke, fellow equestrian, rider, and competitor, and I am determined to shine a light on all things inclusive in the equestrian community. With that said, let's jump in to today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Approachable Equestrian Podcast. This is episode number 35. And first of all, I just want to apologize for missing an episode last Thursday. Unfortunately, with our guest episodes, I had quite a lot of reshuffling. Unfortunately, because we have had such major flooding in the Sydney area and in Australia, and a lot of my guests have actually been really upended and have had to really works so hard. So just sending out so much love to everyone in those situations when it comes to the flooding and fingers crossed, we've seen the end of it and hopefully we'll be able to move forward. And also I just want to really say a huge thank you. And I'm super humbled. I've had a few new ratings and reviews popped up on the iTunes and also on Spotify, but I'll just quickly read out some of the reviews that have been sent out. There's some from Australia, some from the UK, and I just, I'm beyond grateful because it just means that a lot more people will be able to find the show and hopefully we can reach and help more riders become the best versions of themselves. So I'll just quickly read this out. This is from, I hope I'm saying this correctly, it's Muso84. And it says, five star, my new inspiration. So grateful I found this podcast, not just to help me navigate getting back in the saddle and train for my first event in over 24 years, but because it helps me with everyday life too. It's been helping me feel inspired, positive, prioritize where I need to apply my energy and best of all, helps me justify my horse obsession despite all the setbacks. Thanks, Rihanna. Feels like you're in my corner. Oh my goodness. That is so exciting. You go and rock that event and please don't put too much pressure on yourself for that event because honestly, I I think that that is the reason why I got such a big anxiety attack on the last time that I went out because I put this silly amount of pressure on myself and just thought that I had to be this amazing rider. And in reality, it's just a bit of a, how are we going today? That's all that it is for you. So go and train for your first event, go and absolutely rock it and just make sure that you have fun and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Another rating and review that was popped on is from Chloe5534. She wrote, five stars, absolutely amazing and motivating. I absolutely love this podcast and look forward to every new episode. This not only helps with my motivation and writing, it's extremely helpful to me and I absolutely love this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All these ratings and reviews, it helps me stay motivated to keep coming back each week and try to impart more to the conversation about your mindset and ways to improve your riding and ways to surround yourself with a bigger support system. So I hope this podcast is staying a great support system for people. And let's get into today's episode. On today's episode, I'm really pumped to share with you this particular one because I actually got to interview one of my best friends in the whole world. And the reason I wanted to get her on is she is such a huge support system to me and a big part of my community. So I'm just hoping, you know, I, we spoke about her journey and a little bit about how we got to know each other and why she's such a big part of my support system and how we even became friends. Because I want you to realize that sometimes 
you know, it can be messy with horses and it isn't perfect, but you do need these people in your life. So enjoy this episode and please welcome the amazing Natalie Cox. I am so excited to have you on the show. It is so exciting. You're one of my closest friends. And the reason I asked you to come on the show today is because I just want everyone to hear about your journey. And also whenever I'm in a bad mood, I just, I always call you, you always help me and keep me back on track. And, you know, as everybody knows, the whole podcast is about, you know, a holistic view of life with horses. And I love to talk about community and mindset and you are a very strong part of my community and you always push me to do more. So thank you for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, you are definitely my go-to for like, you know, anything horse or like, you know, if I'm feeling down, I'm like, Marie, yes. happened. And I really want everybody to know that you need to find these people and they can come from the most random places. I mean, Nat and I didn't even become friends from horses. We actually came friends at work. And our story is quite funny because I was actually quite rude to Nat when we first met. So we should, uh, we'll quickly brush on that subject before we move on. But yeah, yeah, so please tell everybody what I was like when we first met. Okay, so I had just started at Sydney International uh, working for Erica. Um, and I was told that um, at, the at the airport that that Rihanna had horses. So that was something that we had in common. So go introduce yourself to Re. Like, you know, you two will probably be really good friends. So one day I found myself on the um, the check-in counter next to Re. And I just said, oh, you're Rihanna. You've, you've got horses. And the look this girl gave me was like, I just kicked her dog. Like... <laughs> Like, it was just like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm just going to tell everybody that the reason for this is because I had had a lot of people say to me, oh, my God, you have horses. I love horses. Like, let's be best friends. And it always would just turn out that they had, like, had a horse once or they had, you know, they used to have a horse that lived down the road and they gave it a carrot from time to time. What, and I just thought, a few times. Yeah, and I just thought, like, oh, here we go somebody else here we go again and then straight away she said yeah I have three horses and I went oh my goodness okay yes let's be best friends the turnaround was so massive and then what that weekend I came to visit um to visit Kobe yes and then from there yeah I just blossomed into this beautiful friendship that we have today Yes. And I think that it is like that with horse riders. You know, we have this huge thing in common and it just, I think it just drops quite a lot of walls straight away. You're like, okay, you love what I love. You must be a good person, you know? So I think it's such a good way to create your community. And I mean, you had just moved from Newcastle to Sydney to work at the airport and make this big life change and you didn't know anybody. So I think that that if anybody's listening and thinks, oh, I'm moving or I'm changing or I don't have a community around myself, it is that easy. Just go, yeah. I mean, the first person you might meet, it may not be the right fit for you, but if you just keep going around and go, oh, you have horses, let's be friends. You have horses, let's <laughs> be friends. It's that simple. Like we have had, Nat was one of my bridesmaids. She now, unfortunately, very rudely now lives in Queensland And we'll get to that in a moment. But so for everybody, Nat, can you please tell us about your background and life with horses and sort of what you're up to at the moment? 
Okay, so I'm predominantly a show jumper and I was very successful, had many good years show jumping, traveling around, um, you know, the east side of the country, jumping my big man Montana. If you're from Newcastle, you'll definitely, uh, and you've ever come come up across this in the warm up, you'd, you'd be very familiar with her. She has a lot of attitude for a big horse. Um, <laughs> they tell you that ponies have got all the attitude. No, <laughs> big American mares, lots of attitude. So yeah, we were very successful in show jumping. And then the, the poor thing, she had to have some time off and I had another beautiful mare that I took on and she did a, a few really nice rounds for me, but unfortunately we lost her. And then, yeah, I took on a few others and and that was that was a lot of fun. And yeah, I've also got a, a little roan show pony, Ella. Um, and she she's my little in-hand champion. She does really well for the colour. So she's registered as a roan, but she's also had some time off since we've moved. So she's actually going to go into a little bit of training and become this one's this one's horse. Yes. Um, so yeah. But so I, just I for recently... everyone that's listening and not seeing, what is what are you currently referring to? Please tell us. Uh, my six-week-old baby Lily. Oh yes, yeah, so and Nat has just become a brand new mama, and she is so kindly trying to juggle a baby and the dog barking for us to speak with her today. So I'm so grateful. But yeah, so you're currently just become a new mum. So I'm guessing the riding. Well, for everyone, you know, at home, guessing that all the riding is kind of on hold at the moment, or what's happening with your horses. Uh, yep. So I actually had um, preeclampsia help syndrome. So while I was pregnant, I was told that I wasn't able to ride because at the start, my placenta was too close to my cervix. So the, the fear was that I would go into labor while, while on the horse. Oh, um, that would be not ideal. No, that wouldn't be. Yeah, Montana would have hated that. <laughs> What a mess. Um, but since then, I've still haven't been able to get on a horse. We had a bit of a, a bit of a uh, traumatic, a traumatic birth. So kind of just recovering. And while I haven't been able to ride, my beautiful riding student Kylie, she's um she's been keeping Montana in in some work for me. Not not the constant work that she was having, but some work. So that that's been good. And yeah, the ponies are kind of just having some time off. Yeah, I was really lucky that with my young one, that that Tettles, Tettles is only only a yearling, so now is a really good time for him for me to have a baby. Yeah, it's so funny that you it all worked out that way that you've actually yeah. your horse that you want to continue on in the future and do more show jumping with and everything like that. You know, it is all about timing. This yeah. is the ideal timing, and with a little bit of forward planning in your journey, you can make it work and you can juggle everything around. Okay, cool. So you have a yearling and you've got big plans for him. So now I just want to talk about, you just spoke about your student Kylie and I just mentioned before that, well, it's not so recent anymore, but you made a big move from, you've moved from Newcastle to Sydney and then now you're up in Queensland. So with having such a big move up there, like obviously you know, it makes it your life a bit up and down and things are all over the place and a bit crazy. But how did you find a new community and create a new community up in Queensland? It definitely took a few goes. So when I moved the horses up initially, I had them just at a private adjustment. 
and she was lovely, but I don't think she was interested in writing at the at the time. So I ended up taking my gelding George, um, bless his soul, over to um, a few show jumping days, and and that was really good. Got to meet a few people there and stuff. But uh, George unfortunately passed away, so I then had to move my girls again, uh, just because there was no grass. So not because not because George passed away, but just because there was no grass, so I moved the girls. And I, yeah, I found, I found Kylie and she was very timid and quiet and I kind of like, you know, didn't really bully her, but bullied the, bullied the personality out of her a little bit. And then, yeah, from there it's, um, it's been a lot, a lot better. So I've managed to take her to a few days and I've, you know, from, from like knowing no one in Queensland to now if I you know wanted to go out anywhere I definitely have a group of girls that you know want to come out and ride and and it'd be it'd be really awesome but it's just it's just about putting yourself out there you can't just sit in one place and expect people to come to you you've got to go to them yeah as hard as it can be yeah and it can be quite intimidating because horse people are generally a little bit standoffish so if you approach them like we're like you know we're more likely to be accepting and be like oh okay like you know hey how you doing and yeah and, you know I think everybody like yeah I think everybody has that little bit in them that's kind of like oh I don't really want to put myself out there yeah but in having but in having that mindset people often take it the wrong way and think that you don't want to talk yeah. to anybody yeah that's Whereas right so. I think everybody's sitting there going, oh, I wish people would just come talk to me. Yeah, everybody's the same in a way. So so when I say standoffish, I don't mean like it's just that, that, you know, people are kind of in general like that person might not want to talk to me. Like I don't want to approach them. I want them to approach me. And, and you know, yeah. sometimes you've just got to go go up to them and go, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, like I love your horse or where did you get that saddlecloth? <laughs> Yes. I feel like matchy-matchy obsessions are a big connector. They can really make you have a lot of friendships. Oh, yeah. I love that PS of Sweden you've got there. Can I borrow it? That's so true. Yeah, so obviously you're not as active as you used to be, you know, when you were going through juniors and jumping and all that kind of stuff because you have had time off because obviously your big mare that you competed on, she has had a few setbacks and injuries. If you sort of think about it, is there anything in the equestrian community that you would like to see changed? Yeah, probably the approachability of people. If you see somebody that might be a little bit nervous or, you know, their horse is playing up, just, you know, go over and say hi or, you know, like you sat that really well or, you know, as somebody's leaving the arena, instead of just being like, you know, dead set, like focus on what you're doing, but also be like that was a really good round yeah like, just a little know, bit of encouragement and yeah yeah we're all there for, like you know we're all there doing the same thing it's not like we're you know we are like when you are competing you like obviously you're competing against each other but it's you and the horse it's not just yeah. you against that person like you can encourage other people and yeah I exactly I'd and i like to see more of that yeah that's so true because i mean really everybody should have the mindset of going i'm competing against who i was yesterday yeah and bettering exactly myself right. So you want to encourage everybody to be the best version of them that they can possibly be. So yeah, you putting other people like, you know, into a box and saying like, oh, I don't want to talk to that person because, you know, they're the competition isn't going to make you any like any better of a rider or isn't going to make your round on the day any better. Yeah, yes, 100%. Yeah, no, I completely agree. That's great advice. So yeah, so now 
In terms of major setbacks in your riding and your life, I mean, obviously you've had a fair bit of time where you've had horses out on injury and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything that sort of stands out? Like how do you keep motivated and positive? Um, So just as Montana was doing really, really well, she ended up with two rotated pedal bones and mechanical laminitis in both front feet. So that essentially ended her career, which was really hard. We had a lot of tears shed and I wouldn't like to say, but a lot of tantrums thrown because, you know, you don't really expect it when you're doing really well for your yeah. horse to have to, to basically retire. And it's not, it's not. When you felt like you were getting to like to your prime yeah. position. Yeah. Just as, just as you like, you know, kind of, you know, on top and then, and then to, that the fall from grace is pretty, pretty hard. Oh, I didn't deal with that the best, the best I could have, but to come back from that, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty good feeling to, you know, to be able to, with her, especially to be able to get back on her back and she'll, I don't think she'll ever jump again, but, but dressage was. So question on that note. So you're, you obviously had to accept the fact that, you know, you can't continue show jumping with her, but how. How did you allow yourself to come to the realization and be okay? Because she is, I would say, your heart horse. She's yeah. the horse that you kind of go, okay, well, she is just, I'm with her. She's with me. She's not going anywhere. How do you then be okay with the fact that you are only doing dressage with her now? So for me, I'm okay with it because if I was to never ride her again, I think that would be really disheartening for both myself and Montana. Montana's the kind of horse that loves to be in work even though she might not look like it some days. If I bring out the saddles and everything and she's not getting tacked up, it puts her in the like a whole different mindset. That horse's attitude changes very dramatically, very quickly as well. So for me with Montana, if we can't jump and dressage is our only option, then that's what we're going to do because it'll keep her happy. It keeps me and be able to ride her and, you know, have that yeah. those few extra years on her back. And yeah, it, um. It's yeah, definitely, definitely just a uh, well, if this is the the only thing we can do, then we've we've got to be okay with it. Yeah. Okay. So you love being able to ride her and do dressage. Now yeah. I always admire your sort of forward planning and your forward thinking. So you just said that you have a yearling. Now he he is a little bit special. So he's a bit exciting. He's something that you've thought hey, let's actually make an investment for my future. So tell us about how all that came about and what your sort of thought process is around that. Because obviously not being able to show jump Montana and not really having anything currently that you are actively doing what you love, which is show jumping. So what's yeah. what was your thought process around getting Ted? Um, so when I was, I, I set out to to get myself something that I could campaign in the future. And I'd seen Ted online and um, went to see him and he was just this beautiful, beautiful chestnut. He was only oh, only a bubba, so he would have been three months old and he was just race carring around the arena at Seven Oaks. Uh, and he was just the cutest thing, but his movement was just incredible. So when I went home and I'd research, researched both of the um, the stallions that his sire's from and his sire himself and then the mare's bloodlines, I had a look at everything there and Ted's bloodlines are dressage bloodlines, but all the stallions on either side have been able to show jump up to a metre 50. 
So that that's an exciting height. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when when you are looking for a show jumper, that that makes it better <laughs> that they they can jump the big heights. So with with Ted, the plan is that he will be he will be a dressage horse, but he will also be able to jump. So yeah. that's, that's so you'll where get the I'm best like. of so tell me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you've gone oh my gosh it's all about show jumping I love show jumping and it's all I ever want to do and then you went oh I really like dressage now and now you're like a little bit converted would that be accurate yeah yeah that's 100% correct yeah Um, as you know one of my my favorite my favorite horse people in the whole entire world is Catherine Dufour oh yes Um, I love her so much (laughs) I would definitely go over and, and ride in her stables if I had the opportunity but unfortunately now I'm I'm kind of grounded for a little while so yes new um, mum life yeah but she's she's definitely one of my my biggest inspirations currently so I'd like to follow in her footsteps a little bit I don't think I would ever get to her level but we're gonna try our hardest and yeah the plan with Teddy is that he's got the bloodlines he's got all Olympic bloodlines so we're gonna try and see if I can get him to Brisbane in 2032 with or without me so that's that's where where his plans are but yeah yep. it's uh, it's very exciting big yeah goals. young horses yeah big goals the young horses he's got big shoes to fill so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see what happens. Noise. Another question that I have in terms of setbacks and things like that. Yes. Do you actually have any regrets when it comes to your riding or you wish it would have ended up differently? Things like that. If you could change anything about it. Yeah. I think if I could have changed anything, I would have kept going. Um, I wouldn't have, um, when I, like, when I got to Sydney, I would have brought my horse with me sooner. Um, or I would have got another horse that could have taken Montana's place instead of bringing on all of these younger ones that that weren't kind of up to the same level as she was. I would have just got something that was already there that I could have just started started um, competing straight away and not having to, you know, not fluff around with the young ones, but, yeah, fluff around with the young ones. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And, you know, it can be really hard, and especially looking at things in hindsight. I mean, you could change lots of things. and Yeah. But yeah, no, I like, but I do love that you always are very positive about the future and things that you can do. And now I know as well that you include a lot of fitness and health into your lifestyle. So, because you've actually done something, you've dabbled a little bit outside the horses for a while there. Can you tell us about that journey a little bit? Yeah. So um, I competed bodybuilding for a while. So I did the lower level bikini, um, not lower level, but just different level. Um, so I was a bikini um, competitor for a good couple of years. And yeah, it, it definitely helped with my riding, yeah. um, just making me a lot stronger and and yeah, healthier. So it was cool. It was different. It was a lot of uh, really exciting. You got to, you know, dress up in your bikini and get all shredded and, and you know, really fit and stand yeah. on stage and, and how did you... be a human show pony. Yeah. And how did you find like... Obviously, you know, I know that you've listened to the episode with the eventing physiologist and how we were speaking about how the fitness and things can really help with your mindset and keep things moving. Like, would you say that you really agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. The the I find that the healthier you are and the fitter you are, the the happy the happier you are within yourself, and um, it just motivates you to to be able to to do to do better and. You know, you can plan plan like you know rides and stuff that 
if you weren't as fit or if you weren't healthy that you weren't you were not going to be able to do like yeah. um like you know especially with show jumping like riding a show jumping course is hard <laughs> like you know yeah. to get out there and ride a full course and like not have to you know take a breath or get to the end of it and be like oh my god I'm exhausted yeah that's hard work yeah so I remember when I first yeah I remember when I first started doing lessons and things you know for a long time it was just you do little bits of exercises here and there and then when we finally were sort of we're really getting into the like putting it all together at the end she'd be like right let's ride a full course now and put it all together and you'd be like oh man, I was always finding my lessons. And then all of a sudden putting the whole thing together, I was like, this is exhausting. Like I'm, I'm puffed. I'm, I feel fatigued. And yeah, so I definitely had to start doing a lot more exercises away from the horses. And that has yeah. so helped it all bring it all together and things like that. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. I know you do Pilates and that's something that I'm looking at um, for when I get back into riding, I'll, I'll start doing my, you know, my Pilates and, and yeah, that, that, that'll, you know, that'll help. So yeah, get back into it, get stronger and, and off we go again. Yeah. Speaking of mum life, you know, how are you, what is your sort of future planning with getting back into riding and bubs and sort of how are you planning to sort of juggle it all and make it all work? That is a good question. <laughs> so uh, as a What's today? Thursday. As of Monday, I was cleared to ride again, which is Ooh, really that's exciting. exciting. Yeah, I haven't been on a horse yet. With our paddocks being a little bit wet, that's that's pushed us a little bit back, but that's okay. So the plan is to get Montana sound. She's just got some some sore feet from being in the water, but get her sound, and then I'll just start making sure that she's not gonna not gonna throw me off, and then I'll I'll start riding her up you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, back up to our, our normal riding times. Yeah. And I'm lucky that, that my partner, Cameron, he's, um, he's very supportive. And if he finishes work, he'll come home and, and you know, dad, be on dad duty and I can go out and spend some time with the horses. Yep. Um, but Lily is a breastfed baby as well. So I've got to be very mindful of the time I'm away from her. Yeah. So I do make sure that I like, you know, have milk for her in the fridge and, um, but yeah, juggling, it's going to be interesting. So while she's really little, little, and she's sleeping a lot, that, that might make it a little bit easier. But once she's a little bit more active and, you know, moving around herself, that might, might, um, yeah, hinder me a little bit, but we'll see how it goes. But yeah, right now I can like take her to the stables with me and just leave her asleep in the pram of the morning. And yeah, and yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see how all the different things along your riding journey, like it is such a juggling act. doesn't matter what comes up. You know, you you might be juggling school and riding and then you're juggling yeah. work and riding and you're in the position now that you're juggling mum and riding. Yeah. And, yeah, like I just, it's it's such a juggling act. And I think if people realise, I think people put off, riding it's like what you said you'd go back and you would have kept riding and things yeah. because obviously you know moving to Sydney was such a big disrupt to your life and you're like oh I just need to get in the pattern but it, I think you know hopefully people will sort of see from this interview and be like oh okay so I need to just work out how to do it now whether yeah. it's messy whether it's perfect whether it's not perfect it doesn't yeah. matter you know you just you make it work so 
I know for you, like having a baby, like you, I can't imagine the disrupt to the life and your day-to-day living and everything like that. But I love that you have the attitude of like, no, this time I will make it work and I will keep it moving. And I just think that that's the best attitude to have. Okay. So we'll move on to goal setting and everything like that. Like, so what, how do you set goals for yourself? So when I'm, when I am like, you know, setting my goals and stuff, so I, I don't, tend to look too far into the future at the moment um except with Teddy <laughs> so so he, he's obviously got a long-term goal but right now um the short-term goals for him is you know just put put a little bit more muscle on him being a yearling I don't want to push him too hard but he's actually going to do an in-hand show in May um I guess so we just look for for things that you it's know look ex- like exciting yeah, yeah exciting, it's good for exposure for him that's exactly right that for him, it's very, it's like, you know, exciting, it's achievable, it's not too far away, um, so we can push for that. But, yeah, keeping our goals quite realistic and setting like, our timeline out so that, you know, by this date we need to have achieved this, so he needs to be looking like this before we get to, obviously, before I take him to an in-hand show because you can't just take a gangly little healing to a show and expect him to to do well, so... But yeah, the um, just getting him him ready and yeah, the goals there are yeah quite straightforward and making sure that I I you know jot just, them down and I I know the path and yeah. yeah I'm I'm quite quite an organized person when it comes to comes to most things I well, like to think just throwing it out there you know back in the day when you were competing doing. The bodybuilding, the bikini division, you know, like that takes so much discipline and so much time. You know, how do you keep yourself accountable when it comes to goal setting and goals? And, you know, like they were pretty hard goals to hit. Like that is a very competitive environment. And, you know, I think in the future when you do get to riding Teddy and all that sort of stuff, like you'll be able to draw on that discipline and the accountability and stuff. But what did you do in those times to keep yourself accountable? So I had a coach um, that I would check in with weekly and um, just having that other person there to, you know, make sure that you are hitting your goals and everything that, that helps so much just being able to lean on that person. And, you know, if you are falling behind, they give you a bit of a kick up the bum and, you know, tell you that. Like, oh, you're not on track. Come on. Like a bit of a chicken nugget this week. So let's (laughs) let's not do that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, just, just having that, that other person to lean on. And especially like, you know, if you've got a competition goal in place that, that, you know, you've got someone behind you that can help you with that path. Yeah. So, and it's the same with riding. You know, yeah, you, you get exactly you, right. you have your riding coach. You have you talk, and I think as well, it's important that people don't just think, "Oh, I go for my hour lesson and that's it." You know, talk to your coach while you're there. Um, draw from their experience and say, "Hey, I'm thinking about aiming for this competition. What do you think I should use as my markers on the lead up to get there?" And yeah, yeah. But also, a good a good riding coach will also ask you. You know what are your goals? Where do you, where do you want to be? Like, you know, like sure, come for your hour lesson every week, but also like, let's, let's plan something for you. Like what excites you? What disciplines are we into? Let's get you out there. Yeah. Um, because if you, if you're just writing for pleasure, you probably, you know, you probably don't need to be having that lesson every single week. Yeah. If, you know, you're not, if you're not planning, if you've got no goals for the future and you, you don't really need to progress your writing, but 
you know, if you are, if you have got those big goals, your coach should also be trying to drag that out of you and being like, hey, let's make this happen. Yes, 100%. Before we wrap up our interview, because I don't want to take too much time away from you and Bob and everything. So let's get into our question and answer at the end. So what is your favorite and your least favorite thing about life with horses? (laughs) My favorite thing is probably the horses themselves. They've got great personalities and, you know, like each horse is different. Like Montana, she's she's a bit of a hard ass, but she's also real cuddly if you get her on the right day. Teddy, cheeky as hell, but he's such a good boy. And Ella, she's, you know, this little pocket rocket that just thinks that she's a puppy dog. Literally, she's the golden retriever of, of horses. Um, <laughs> so just, just you know, their personalities and that, that's, that's probably my favourite thing about them. My least favourite thing... How much money they cost? It it is a commitment. It definitely is a commitment. <laughs> they cost so much money, and you know, you you kind of like even with now with you know like like I said earlier, saddle blankets. I remember them costing like fifty, sixty dollars, and now you're paying upwards of a hundred and eighty dollars for a saddle cloth. That is a massive amount of money, and to, then you get you know, addicted to having right. to have one of and every color. And then you just need that, 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 you know, that brand of saddlecloth in every color. I feel like a lot of people <laughs> can relate right now, especially me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had and to pump the brakes a bit on the saddle pad collection. We've had many a conversation about, guess what I got? <laughs> a new saddlecloth three. You don't need three every week. <laughs> well, at least my post office lady was helping me hide them from my husband. So at least that saved the marriage, you know. <laughs> Actually, it was funny because in the same amount of time that I was buying that, he was buying a lot of things for his tool shed. So that's why it turns out why he wasn't asking yeah. me why they kept getting packages delivered. So that was lucky. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, I, I get the uh the oh, another package. What's this one for? Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Now, what is your favourite hobby outside of the horses? Yeah, all right. Um, Can working out be a hobby? Yeah, 100%. So it is a massive part of your life. So Yeah, then then I I really enjoy working out and, and, you know, going for for nice long walks to get my steps in because, you know, I'm a little bit obsessed with um, hitting that 10K steps. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I, I when I wasn't allowed to work out with Lil, I was dreaming about training and and like and you know I'd be asleep and be like, all right, ten squats <laughs> into lunges and then yeah. deadlifts. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, so I, I've yeah, if if training can be a hobby, then then probably going. Well, to the gym. it takes just as much time, and you know what? You love the benefits that you get from it, and yeah. I must admit, like when I'm feeling very unmotivated when it comes to exercise, because for me it never used to come very naturally for me. And it wasn't something that I would go out of my way to find, you know, you are such a big motivator. So thank you for that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> and now what is one thing that you can't live without? Looks at baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. One thing I can't live without sleep at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can imagine being a new mama. It's a, it's a big commitment. So, yeah. all right, cool, cool. Now, if, what is your favorite writing memory or achievement? Writing memory, uh, probably a funny one. Just it, it'd be one of my favorites. But my mom actually told the school, like my school, that I was sick. And the next day, I was in the newspaper, photographed at the 
country championships <laughs> and and I uh, yeah the school were like oh you were sick were you yes <laughs> that, that was that was pretty that that's a that's a good memory but yeah and yeah greatest achievement probably the big arena at summer classics with Montana Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, if you've ever seen the, uh, for, for everybody listening, if you've ever seen the, the big arena at Sayak, you look at it and it's it's incredible. So to, to ride in there on your horse is a, a pretty good experience. Yeah. So, all right, if you could go back and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, definitely not. Don't stress the, the small stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, you know, if you're not getting there, like, as quickly as you want to, like, don't melt down about it you know there, there's it'll happen for you when it happens like you yeah. don't have to especially you know. life with horses it's such a roller coaster yeah don't compare yourself to others and go oh they're they're riding at this level like you know why can't I like why aren't I there so just you know yeah if, if your horse just isn't up to it don't don't stress you'll get there yeah and actually I did have someone message me the other day on Instagram and I love it. People have been reaching out and asking extra things. And, you know, I love it because I do love, I, like the whole reason I started this podcast is because I want people to feel supported. But the other day I actually had somebody message me and say, you know, like my horse is out of action at the moment. Can you give me any ideas or tips of how to keep moving along or how to keep going? And she was quite yeah. young. So she's not in a yeah. position to go just buy another horse and things like that. But I'm really loving this episode because I feel like for her, you know, you have taken the long way around and it's, it's been such a journey. And I mean, I've taken the long way around as well. Like I've only gotten serious with the horses in the last sort of five years and I'm 30 now. I'm not going to lie about it. And, you know, it's amazing how far you can get in such a short amount of time. And I think it's the whole thing of you overestimate what you can do in one year, but you underestimate what you can achieve in 10 and I yeah, think, absolutely. and I think this episode has been such a good way for people to realize that like, even if you aren't moving where you thought you were going to move, I mean, you had this amazing show jumper and you were doing all the things and then you <laughs> kind of had to put it on the back burner for quite a while. And as you said, you know, you wish you had have maybe kept going at the time and things like that. But, you know, what would you say to somebody who is, sort of sitting there going, I've got nothing to do at the moment. Like what would you tell them to go and do? You can go and have lessons on somebody else's horse. Literally there are so many like good opportunities of hot horses you can go and like ride and and have a lesson on that horse or borrow a friend's horse if they'll let you continue having lessons and then you're still learning and then you're able to take that knowledge that you've got and go and put that into your horse when your horse is ready to be ridden again. Yeah. Um, the other thing you could do while while your horse is not doing anything is go to the gym, work out, get stronger, get some more riding fitness, so that when you and know flexibility back, and all that's the things, right? You yeah, so yeah. you can come back and 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 you as a person, you've now got that knowledge and the ability to to ride for longer and 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 you know put yourself in in those different positions and maybe hold your legs steady rather than kicking them around or whatever. But yeah, that, that all comes that all comes together with you know with your your health and and yeah. fitness and and learning how to do that while you're on the horse. So while your horse is out of action, definitely go and go work and on ride yourself. other people's. Yeah, yeah, work on yourself. Have lessons. Work out. You know, that's yeah. that's what I'd yeah love that. Okay, that was supposed to. It's supposed to be a quick fire question and answer, and I totally wrecked that. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> now, where online can people find you if they want to? 
see your journey and all about Ted and where he'll end up going. So my Instagram recently got hacked. So oh. I've had to stop anyone. <laughs> so it's now um, Nat Cox underscore underscore underscore. But you'll be able to find me there. Or if, you know, if you're, you're really interested, you can add me on Facebook. It's just Natalie Cox. And I'm on the approach, Approachable Equestrian um, page as well. So you can you can at me there and we yep. can have a chat. Beautiful. All right. And is there any last words of wisdoms that you'd like to add or any topics that maybe we didn't cover? Um, words of wisdom, keep going and you'll get there. Yes, I love yeah. that. I remember seeing a thing the other day with Usain Bolt when he wrote, I've worked 10 years to run nine seconds and people give yeah. up when they don't see results in three months, you yeah, know, and look right. at all the things he achieved. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on as a guest today. I have loved it and you know how much I love you as a person and thank you for being such a big support system to me. Oh, that's okay. Anytime. I love you and you're such a big part of my life and I wouldn't have it any other way. Thanks for listening in to another episode of the Approachable Equestrian Podcast. If you loved anything that you heard today, remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also, if you could take a couple of seconds just to leave a rating and review, it would absolutely mean the world to me. And also, it'll help others like you find the podcast and hopefully help them on their journey. Until next time, have the best day and I'll see you all again soon.